What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Derek Tate. He can be found on Twitter at Derek Tate NFL. And our special guest here for this episode is Sam Holt. She can be found on Twitter at Samantha R. Holt. Derek, of course, I will come back to you in a second. Sam, how are you today on this fine Wednesday morning? On this fine Wednesday morning, I'm excited to talk football with you two lovely gentlemen. I mean, what better way to start my day before I have to go to my real job? Then talking about football with you guys and all these amazing players that we cannot wait to start during Bimageddon, where we've got six teams on a bye, and it's absolutely brutal. Derek, how are you today, my friend? Oh, I did my head, hair, said my prayers, and ate my vitamins for this episode. As you know, or as some folks may know that are tuning into this, Sam and I used to podcast together once upon a time. So to say that I've been waiting for this opportunity and super excited for this episode would be a major understatement. Thank you for waking up so early on the Pacific side of the coast, Sam. I was about to say, you know that uh, these two are good friends when Sam is waking up at 6 a.m. to do a fantasy football podcast, but that is the way that she rolls. We are going to get into some awesome start-sit options here for your fantasy lineups here. We will break down everything that you need to know. If we do not get to, and we are going to get to a ton of players here, but if we do not get to a player that you had a question about, the start-sit optimizer over here at Pro Football Network is where you need to go. PFNFantasy.com. You can find the link for that right there in the podcast show description for your start-sit optimizer. Absolutely free. You can enter in up to six players to find out who you should exactly be starting here this week. And again, it is a tough week with so many teams on by. We'll get to that here. NFL teams on by. Carolina Panthers, Cincinnati Bengals, Dallas Cowboys, Houston Texans, New York Jets, and Tennessee Titans. We really do. Sapi brought this up on Monday, but we really do need to have a conversation with the NFL scheduling team for what in the world they are doing with these teams and who's on by and how many teams and all this. It's a mess this week, especially too with so many injuries. We're here to help you this week get through this by Mageddon, as Sam said. Let's start here at the running back position. Start, sit. Derek, I'm going to send this to you first. Who is a running back that you are looking to get into your starting lineup? Yeah, they only had two teams on a bye last week, by the way. Here, I'm going to air my grievance real quick. Only two teams on a bye, six teams on a bye this week. What in the world is going on here? Anyway, so we watched the Cleveland Browns upset the San Francisco 49ers. And a lot of how they did that was playing small ball, leaning on their defense, and the defense for probably, arguably, its best performance against the hottest offense in the league in the San Francisco 49ers. It helps that Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey got hurt, but still... The Cleveland Browns still managed to win an ugly game, and I could see another ugly game against Gardner Minshew, who felt like he was just trying to actively gift-wrap the football back to the Jacksonville Jaguars last week in his return to Jacksonville. So could I see this being a lower-scoring game where the Browns lean on their defense, turn over Gardner Minshew on a couple of occasions? Yes, I do. And if that's the case... I want to see more of Jerome Ford. I know he didn't find the end zone last week. I know that Kareem Hunt did, and Kareem Hunt saw more than 10 carries, but Jerome Ford was still the more efficient back, which efficiency has actually been his issue this season. 17 carries, 84 yards, and still caught two passes from P.J. Walker under center. I don't know about y'all, but I'm getting a little worried about Deshaun Watson, <laughs> like why he's not back in the lineup yet. But if he is not back in the lineup, clearly this team wants to run the football and lean on their defense. To me, that equals... A decent week at, or a decent day at the offense for Jerome Ford as Travis Etienne found the end zone twice in week number six. Jerome Ford at RB15 on the week here for me this week. Uh, Derek, I will ask you Jerome Ford or Brian Robinson, who has had a couple of down performances here up against the New York Giants defense, though. 
Yeah, so I could see a game script favoring the Washington Commanders because game script seems to favor any team that's playing the New York Giants right now, in particular for running backs. So they're they're literally right next to each other for me. I think Ford's just a little bit of a better player, but the situation with Sam Howe, a little bit more stability under center, I'll probably lean Brian Robinson by about that much. You started out that conversation by airing your grievances. Uh, I will add to it by saying no bye weeks uh, next week in week eight. Zero. Zero teams on bye next week. So two, six, zero. I don't get it. I don't get it. Sam, we're going to send it to you. Your number one running back to get into starting lineups this week. Um, number one to get into starting lineups again with dealing with so many players on a bye it would have to be Craig Reynolds. I feel Ooh. like though you think Jameer Gibbs is going to start and he probably will get the start, you know, if he's feeling good enough, he's dealing with a hamstring injury. And I feel like the Lions are setting themselves up so they can go to the little old Super Bowl this season. So if they're going to be smart about this and temper their backs going into the rest of the season, I feel like they should maybe give him a couple goes but not see so much Jameer Gibbs. And that's why I feel like Craig Reynolds has a huge opportunity here to take the lead role just for the week. They also only have the Raiders coming up after this week, and then they have their bye. So all the more reason to not rush anyone out sooner than they need to. And their, run their running game has been so effective already. No need to start anyone else besides Craig Reynolds. Just give him the run, get him the ball, and don't rush poor Jameer Gibbs sooner than he needs to. All right, so let's put that into context because I, because I do think that a lot of people went out there aggressively here this week and went to go get Craig Reynolds off of waivers and get him onto their rosters, and now they're going to be in this spot where they, I mean, we're going to talk about some of these names. Like, they seem gross to be having to start, but you're going to have to start a lot of these players here this week. So I will ask you, Craig Reynolds or Najee Harris up against the Los Angeles Rams this week, where is that line for you? <sighs> Why would you do that to me, Kyle? You know that I've got. I actually didn't do that intentionally. Right I actually didn't do that intentionally, but <laughs> uh, it's really hard to not start Najee, given that it's Najee Harris and the Steelers fan that I am. But looking for the big boom that it is, if we get closer to game day and it's looking more and more like Gibbs is going to sit out, I'm going to maybe push the start on. Craig Reynolds over Najee this week just because he's going up against that Rams front he's had trouble with efficiency this could be a better Jalen Warren game than a huge Najee Harris game and obviously with Deontay Johnson likely coming back as he's slated to do so we're gonna have to air out the ball a lot and play from behind against the Rams and Cooper Cup and the speed that is Puka Nakua. I will say I'm interested to see coming off of the bye week if Pittsburgh makes any changes to this backfield and starts to give Jalen Warren a little bit more opportunity. That's why I asked that question of Craig Reynolds or Najee Harris this week. All right, uh, Derek, let's send it back to you. Your number two running back to start. Ooh, that felt like a twist of the knife right there with Najee Harris. It's probably a sore point for Sam. Sorry, Sam, uh, but I will go with Somebody that I've been, I'm not going to say stubborn about, but I was super excited about. I mentioned him last week in the Start Sit podcast because I was optimistic that he would be able to get back into the starting lineup or the active roster uh, with a longer period of time to recover and clear concussion protocol. Unfortunately, that was not the case for one Roshan Johnson. He's going to be going up against the Las Vegas Raiders in week number seven. And we're looking like we're going to get Tyson Badgett under center. And if the Chicago Bears have, I think, any opportunity to win this football game against the Las Vegas Raiders, who we don't know if they're going to have Jimmy Garoppolo, it could just be an ugly mess of a game <laughs> this week at Soldier Field. I could see them trying to lean on the running game, and I am excited to see an expanded role for Roshan Johnson. Now, you can make the argument, 
well, could Dante Foreman be the lead back? Could it be Darrington Evans? You know, Dante Foreman fumbled in, you know, his first real work of the 2023 season. So I, I think that there's a reason why it's been Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson up until last week when injuries decimated this Bears backfield. It is a matchup that I think Roshan Johnson can have success with. And I'm excited to see him in an expanded role. And, and can I see the Bears trying to lean on the running game against what could be a very low-scoring contest? I could. So I, I'm going to, for a second straight week, I have confidence he's going to get out of concu concussion protocol this week. For me, it's Roshan Johnson. Uh, he's going to be inside my top 20 if he is indeed active for this contest. You are nothing but consistent, my friend, mentioning Roshan Johnson, any opportunity that you can get. I love it. Uh, let's go Roshan Johnson here this week or Ramondre Stevenson coming off of a good performance up against the Buffalo Bills. If Ro And this is assuming, of obviously, that Roshan Johnson is fully cleared to play. I'm not taking the bait there. I'm taking Roshan Johnson. Uh, it's one, one week for Ramondre Stevenson isn't enough for me in a terrible Patriots offense with their starting quarterback to convince me that Ramondre Stevenson is back. Give me Roshan. All right, one more here. Would you go Roshan Johnson or James Cook up against the New England Patriots? Okay. Most likely no Damian Harris here for this one, obviously. Yeah, I, I even with, you know, the whispers of, you know, Leonard Fournette, working out with the team, but then not working out with the team and all that weird stuff. Uh, I, I still think that James Cook is going to have the lead role in this backfield uh, against the Patriots offense that just can't really produce points. So give me James Cook. All right, Sam, let's send it back to you. Your number two running back to start. Where are we going? Again, this is kind of a deep grab, but looking at a team that's also dealing with a lot of running back issues, the Rams and Kyron Williams, Ronnie Rivers likely to miss week seven. Zach Evans, go ahead, throw out the rookie. Why not? The Steelers have struggled a lot this season. Up front, yes, we are very strong on defense. However, even if you just have a lot of carries for someone like Zach Evans, it's just a grinded out type of moment for him if they're trying to temper the pace of the game. They're already in a lead. I see, could see him with a heavy amount of carries here that could be very flex-worthy, especially in standard leagues. All right, so the part that I'm concerned about with Zach Evans is that they activated Royce Freeman from the practice squad to the active roster. Then last night we got word that it was that they signed Miles Gaskin to the active roster off of, I believe, the Vikings practice squad. Vikings, yep. And then they brought Daryl Henderson back to the practice squad. So as far as, like, I think that Zach Evans is the next man up as far as the one who's going to get the opportunity. But I just have no idea if that's going to be 10 touches in week seven if that's going to be 20 so zach evans or justice hill up against the detroit lions where are you going there Ooh, you know what i'm still gonna go zach evans just because i feel like the running backs are going to struggle a lot against the lions this week um they haven't allowed very many fantasy points to backs so far this season they don't i think the highest they've allowed is 10 going into the season so far so i feel like i'm gonna lean on evans just having the opportunity the boom potential I'd rather have the opportunity to boom than knowing I have a very low floor for this spot. All right. Yeah, I think that we are in that flex conversation. We are certainly not in the top 24 running backs, but one more here for you, Sam. Would you go Zach Evans or would you go A.J. Dillon up against the Denver Broncos defense? Every time I start A.J. Dillon, <laughs> he fails me. So if other people want to start him, I will I will make the promise to not start him this weekend and then he will do well for everyone else. That, Reverse that, psychology. That could be my yes. Absolutely. Reverse psychology. I get mm -hmm. it. I love yeah. it. All right. Let's move into the running backs to sit here and fade going into again. We preface this every single week. These are not the players to completely bench if you've got them, but ones that we just have concerns about going into their respective matchups. So, Derek, I'll start here with you. A player to sit here at the running back position. 
we started to see some encouraging signs from one Alexander Madison. And then they lose Justin Jefferson. And then it doesn't look all that good. <laughs> so this offense, the entire outlook and philosophy and approach and how defenses try to game plan against the Minnesota Vikings completely changes uh, now that Justin Jefferson is out of the lineup. And while Alexander Madison is still getting volume, 18 carries and then an additional four receptions on seven targets, sure, that's there. But I think that that ceiling is significantly capped now that you, they're going to have to rely on Jordan Addison, K.J. Osborne. I mean, T.J. Hawkinson is still great and all that, but you don't have that dynamic, you know, all pro that opposing defenses have to account for on every single snap, which means I think you're going to see a lot more loaded boxes on early down situations. And we saw him struggle against the Chicago bears. And I'm not saying the bears defense is as horrible as they were last year, but I expected a much better day at the office and the game script wasn't all that bad for Alexander Madison in this contest and still only 2.4 yards per carry. So could I see that getting much worse against a San Francisco 49ers defense that just let a game slip away against the Cleveland Browns and under PJ Walker starting. Yeah, I could. So I'm kind of fading Madison this week. It's all relative, right? Because if we're talking about you should start Craig Reynolds and you should start Zach Evans, like if you've got Alexander Madison, who's getting the amount of volume that he's getting, it's like, okay, he's still a top 24 running back. But I want to find that line here for you, uh, sure. Derek, because it is a tough matchup. Would you go Alexander Madison or Kareem Hunt uh, up against the Indianapolis Colts? You know, I actually feel Kareem Hunt. Um, I, I just don't have any confidence that Gardner Minshew is going to be able to produce points against this Cleveland Browns defense. Uh, he looked terrible last week against the Jags, and the Sanford, the Cleveland Browns defense has made very good quarterbacks look very average this season consistently. So I'll actually go with Kareem Hunt. I think he'll have more efficiency, even though he probably won't have as many touches as Madison. All right, and final one here. Would you go Alexander Madison or Javante Williams up against the Green Bay Packers? Uh, give me Javante Williams, and I don't like it. <laughs> That's the range of <laughs> rankings that we are at. Uh, for context there, Javante Williams at RB19 on the week for me, Alexander Madison at RB21. So I will go Javante there as well, but those guys are within the same tier. If you've got them, it's a coin flip. Uh, Sam, let's send it back to you. Your number one running back to fade going into week seven. Going to fade uh, Gus Edwards, similar to what I said earlier, Justice Hill, obviously in the conversation as well as backs that I am fading against the Lions as they've only allowed 10.1 fantasy points to opposing backs. They're also splitting the work and kind of down the middle in terms of Gus getting all the carries and Justice Hill getting all the passing work. I think that if they get it in close, Lamar Jackson's going to run it in himself as well in this one, just because he's got the speed over the both of them. So for me, I'm going to be fading both of those backs in this matchup. Uh, both are outside my top 24 running backs. You talk about that 10.1 fantasy points allowed per game. That is the toughest matchup for opposing running backs in fantasy football here so far this year. That is the greatest mark. The next closest is the New Orleans Saints with 11.9. So the Detroit Lions shutting down opposing running backs from a fantasy perspective. I like the call. Derek, let's send it back to you. Number two running back to fade. We already just talked about this guy. So I like Javante Williams a little bit more than <laughs> Alexander Madison, but I still don't like Javante Williams all that much this week. Um, you know, he came back last week and actually it was his most efficient day as a ball carrier against the Kansas City Chiefs, which have also been kind of stingy against opposing running backs this season. Unfortunately, that was all Javante Williams did. He only had 10 carries for 52 yards, 
no involvement in the passing game whatsoever. That is a little bit concerning, although I will say the matchup against the Green Bay defense, I do think that they are susceptible to giving up big performances to opposing running backs. We saw that from David Montgomery not all that long ago. So while I think Williams is going to work in tandem with Jaleel McLaughlin, I just see the potential a a little higher ceiling than for Madison this week. Uh, But still, I don't think the ceiling's all that high for Javante Williams. He still hasn't found the end zone in five games played so far this season. Jaleel McLaughlin has looked, I think, like just a more efficient, more explosive back and a better option out of this backfield. And they're still even sprinkling in some AJ P Ryan. So right. it's just, it, it's kind of a mess there in the, in the Denver backfield, but it still looks like he's a good bet to see more than 10 carries on a weekly basis. Right. It's the balance right now of Javante Williams in a normal week. I mean, in week eight, when we're talking about Javante Williams, most likely going to be outside of in that RB 30 range, like a guy that you're plugging in there as a flex option because we know that the talent level is there. And in this matchup, 24.5 fantasy points allowed on average, the Green Bay Packers here two opposing running backs. So the matchup is there, which is the fifth most in the in the league right now, like the matchup is there. But because we have so many bye weeks upon us and so many injuries, Javante Williams cracks the top 20 at the running back position, and it's still someone that you don't feel great about starting. That's just the state of the running back position here in week seven. Sam, I'll send it back to you, your second running back to fade this week. Second running back to fade. Again, one that I don't feel good about fading them because obviously you're looking for anyone that's going to have volume this week. However, Stevenson, Rabondre Stevenson has only had 10 one top 10 finish so far this season. He's also now beginning to split work with Ezekiel Elliott. It's finally happened. This week just happened where Zeke is finally taking into some of his carries, stole a touchdown in my opinion. I think that it's going to continue to happen this way going forward because the Patriots are an absolute mess and a dumpster fire and trying to make it work on any side of the ball they can. So if they're going to see some success with Zeke, he's going to get more carries because Bill likes to go with the hot hand. Ramondre is a tough one to evaluate here because I think that the potential is there, right? We've seen the talent level uh, and it felt ridiculous to fade him coming into the year just based on that talent level, but it's worked out so far. But even last week, you look at the production, 10 rush attempts, 46 yards. He did have six targets in the passing game, but only five receptions, 24 yards. He found the end zone though, which pushes his fantasy total up to 16 half PPR points. If he doesn't find the end zone, you're probably not all that happy that you started him. And that's sort of the ballpark that we're in of, if he's got to find the end zone in order for you to feel confident and comfortable that you started him. Those are players that I'm very, very nervous about starting here. Guys, the NFL season keeps on moving, which means that we get to talk about some really cool, exciting new exclusive offers. Underdog Fantasy is now offering new customers that sign up with the promo code PFN, or you can click the link in your description, a deposit match up to $500 plus a mystery pick'em special in the pick'em lobby to use right from the start. All you have to do is click the link in your podcast or show description, sign up, make your first deposit for access, and you will find the special player you got right there in the Pick'em Lobby. You need to take advantage of this offer right now before it goes away. So sign up now with the code PFN and take advantage of this ridiculously awesome offer today. Let's move into some wide receiver start sits. Derek, I'll send it to you. Your number one wide receiver to start. Where are we going? I hate to do this to you, Sam, but I'm going to start a wide receiver that's playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. I get um, it. I know. I know. I'm sorry. It's fine. But it's Puka Nakua. It's Puka. And he just put up, obviously, his his first dud of his NFL career. You know, six, like what, six fantasy points, like four receptions, 26 yards. He did almost score a touchdown, though, 
y'all. He like it was in his grasp. He couldn't maintain possession through uh, through the ground. Ball popped loose. So that fantasy line could have been a little bit better, but it was still by far his most disappointing fantasy performance against a Cardinals secondary that I expected Matthew Stafford to just dice up. The thing is with the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have been susceptible to giving up big performances through the air to opposing wide receivers. So not only do I think Cooper Cup is going to have himself a nice day, but Nakua has shown a veteran-type savvy to be able to, to just destroy zone defense. And I expect if the Rams are not going to be able to generate a lot of production on the ground, whether it is Zach Evans, which I do think it is Zach Evans, but whether it's Royce Freeman, whether it's Miles Gaskin, whatever, whoever is going to be the lead dog out of that backfield, if we don't expect a huge performance from any of these running backs, I do think they're going to have to lean on Stafford against a Steelers secondary that is susceptible to giving up big performances. So not only do I think Cooper Cup is going to eat, but I think it's a bounce back week for Pukunukua. I think that there's been a lot of panic for Pukunakua. Like, oh, it finally happened. Like, we finally saw what... No, this guy still had seven targets this past week. Like you mentioned, we were inches away from him being a five reception for 38-yard and a touchdown performance, which is great. Up to this point, 119 receiving yards, 147 receiving yards, 72, 163, 71, and now he gets 26, and everyone's like, oh, this is it. You know, we got we to gotta bench Pukunakua. No, dude's still wide receiver 12 in my rankings here for week seven. In the fourth most favorable matchup to opposing wide receivers so far this season, you're starting Puka Nakua. Sam, let's send it to you, your number one wide receiver, to get into starting lineups. To get in the starting lineups, I like Zay Flowers a lot this week. I, we mentioned this matchup earlier, obviously, Lions, Balt, the Ravens, and I'm leaning on the Lions to get a win in this one. But if the Lions do what they've been doing so far this season and get in the lead and look really good doing it, the Ravens are actually going to be playing from behind. So I like Zay Flowers a lot in this matchup for that reason. Lions have also allowed eight passing touchdowns so far this season the last six weeks. So I feel like I can see Flowers coming down with one of those touchdowns this week against the Lions. All right, would you go Zay Flowers here this week or Jacoby Myers, who has been getting it done, but most likely no Jimmy Garoppolo here this week? If we're missing Jimmy Garoppolo, then I'm going to have to lean Zay Flowers between those two. All right, and final one here. Would you go Zay Flowers or would you go Chris Godwin up against the Atlanta Falcons? Ooh, that is a very tasty matchup. I might give the edge to Godwin in that one. Ooh. I've got Godwin two spots higher than Flowers this week. Uh, Derek, your number two wide receiver to start. You know, real quick on Zay Flowers, um, you know, when I did one of my draft player profile videos, I obnoxiously would send the link to Sam just to get her thoughts on it. So I was hoping that some of that pick here on this episode had something to do with the fact that I was bothering Sam like five months ago about Zay Flowers. But, you know, it's I, I, probably like, you know, just stuck in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I tried to try to try to get your psyche. I've tried to get into everybody's psyche about Zay Flowers, but I love the pick. So Tyler Lockett. Um, we saw a season high, uh, 94 receiving yards from Tyler Lockett and look, DK Metcalf tip of the hat. The man has been trying to battle through, I think, lingering rib injuries throughout most of this season. I, I, we really need to monitor his participation in practice heading into their matchup against the Arizona Cardinals, because if DK Metcalf is not active, I love Tyler Lockett this week. If DK Mac Metcalf is active then I still love Tyler Lockett this week. So we haven't seen Jackson Smith and Jigba. While sure he saw a higher snap count, the production just still hasn't been there quite yet for JSN. I think better days are ahead for a very talented rookie. But if DK Metcalf is not 100% or is inactive, Tyler Lockett is going to be the number one guy in this passing attack against a 
Arizona Cardinals secondary that has given up monster performances from not only Cooper Cup but in Jamar and Jamar Chase in two consecutive weeks. So Tyler Lockett is someone that is bumped up in my week seven rankings. Tyler Lockett last week was outside of my top 30 wide receivers. This week, not only just because of by Mageddon, but he is at wide receiver 18 in my rankings here. We saw some encouraging signs from him last week. We're going to lean into that here in a positive matchup as well. Sam, let's send it back to you. Number two wide receiver to start. I love Josh Palmer this week, especially against the Chiefs. I feel like this is another matchup where I could see this being probably the highest scoring one of the week, in my opinion, because obviously Chiefs are trying to get the win. They're going to absolutely push hard on this one. It's a great friendly matchup for them. But by extension, the Chargers are going to be looking to right the ship after a brutal loss this past week. So I think they're going to come out, all systems go, everything firing. And I also just love that Palmer has had a lot more usage as of late, especially this past week, running 100% of the routes that he was given. Um, and he, he caught four of seven pa passes, 60 yards, could have had a touchdown. But better things are ahead, continuing to own up that wide receiver two position there. I think it'll be an interesting discussion there for your wide receiver three spot, especially given the state of some rosters here where you've got the, you know, you're probably making a decision of Craig Reynolds as your RB2 and something like that. Like you have a lot of ambiguity at the running back position. So at the wide receiver position, especially at that wide receiver three spot, do you go with someone like Deontay Johnson coming back his first week where there's probably not a ton of upside in this offense to begin with? There might be a higher floor. But do you try to offset some of that RB, you know, uncertainty that you've got, that running back uncertainty that you got on your roster and go with someone like Joshua Palmer, who has the upside in this matchup? I feel like that's the way that I'm going to be kind of leaning with my wide receiver three spot this week and probably getting Joshua Palmer into every single lineup that I can. Let's move over to wide receiver sits or fades of the week here. Derek, where are we going? You know, I want to get a reaction video from the excited chargers fan when she hears sam recommend starting joshua palmer <laughs> I, I i just want to see her reaction when it light up when sam says you need to start joshua palmer this week i'm totally on board with it by the way uh, that lady was super excited by the way i don't know she if you guys know who i'm talking about but yeah no, she was a big oh. deal <laughs> she was on Pat so I'm, I'm gonna get just yeah. as not excited to go ahead and say sit dj Moore this week i don't like saying it i love dj Moore, but yeah, I just don't trust Tyson Badgen under center. Don't know what to expect. I don't think Justin Fields is going to be available this week. Yates, I'm assuming you agree with me on that. I know you're the resident Chicago Bears fan here. So if we're going to have Tyson Badgen under center, we don't know what to expect. And that scares me for DJ Moore. Um, I'm not saying, like you've mentioned before, by Mageddon, you know, options are limited. So it's not like you're automatically sitting DJ Moore, depending on whatever your other alternative options are. But I, I have a hard time trying to make a case for him being a top 25 receiver this week. Okay. Would you go DJ Moore or would you go Christian Kirk here up against the New Orleans Saints defense? Christian Kirk. I know would it's you, a tough matchup, but Christian Kirk. Would you go DJ Moore or would you go Terry McLaurin up against the New York Giants? I would go Terry McLaurin. All right. I want to find that line of where you're still going to go, <laughs> DJ Moore. Would you go DJ Moore or would you go Michael Pittman Jr. up against the Cleveland Browns defense with Gardner Minshew as his quarterback? <sighs> That's a good one. I found it. I think I found you it. I think you struck the nerve um, <laughs> right there. Yep. Oblique. Um okay fine give me dj Moore there but uh I, I just don't know what to expect from tyson badgen under center or nathan peterman or right. whoever they decide to play under center with, with no justin fields right all right sam let's send it to you your number one wide receiver to fade 
Number one receiver to fade is Christian Kirk. You mentioned him earlier. He's got a really tough matchup up against the Saints, who have been fantastic against passing this so far this season. Plus, I'm not sure if he's going to get Trevor Lawrence or not this week. He might be having C.J. Beathard throw to him. So really nervous to see how that works out. And if that is the case, I can see this being a bigger tra uh, Travis Etienne game and Evan Ingram game than it could be for Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk still within the top 24 wide receivers for me, but that uncertainty here with Trevor Lawrence to CJ Beathard. If it isn't Trevor Lawrence, then Christian Kirk is going to fall outside of my top 24 wide receivers. I agree with you there. Uh, Derek, your number two wide receiver to fade. Same line of thinking when it comes to DJ Moore applies to Amari Cooper. We need to monitor whether or not Deshaun Watson is going to be available. So I, I am putting like a little bit of a variable on this suggestion, but if Deshaun Watson misses another week due to a shoulder injury that he was cleared like three weeks ago to return to action, then if we get more P.J. Walker under center, then I'm going to go ahead and steer clear of Amari Cooper this week. Um, again, I just think that it, this has the setup to be a very low-scoring, ugly type of game where I think both running games are featured. So if that's the case, even though I did see some big plays from Amari Cooper with P.J. Walker under center against the 49ers, made a couple very nice grabs, I'm still going to go ahead and fade Amari Cooper a little bit down my weekly rankings. Amari Cooper right now at wide receiver 19 in my rankings, so still within that top 20, assuming that Deshaun Watson does come back and play. However, if he doesn't, it's going to be a tough decision for me between Amari Cooper or Drake London. Derek, which side of that do you go? I have two weeks in a row been skeptical of Drake London and the Atlanta Falcons passing game. And two weeks in a row, Desmond Ritter has thrown for over 300 yards. I don't want to be stubborn. Drake London has looked good, and Drake London is producing. And Drake London, if if there is no Deshaun Watson for Amari Cooper, then I will go with Drake London and what I've seen some positive trends moving in the right direction for Drake London in recent weeks. All right, let's move into the quarterback position here. Let's start with some quarterback starts and sits. Sam, I will send it to you here first. Who is a quarterback that you were looking to get into your starting lineup? I'm looking to get Deshaun Watson in my starting lineup, which feels a little bit weird to say because he hasn't been great. But if he's going to get the go this weekend, then I do like this matchup a lot for him against the Colts, who have allowed the seventh most points to opposing quarterbacks so far this season. All right. Would you go Deshaun Watson this week or would you go Kirk Cousins up against the San Francisco 49ers? Ooh, probably Watson. That's a brutal defense. Would you go, I want to find that line here. Would you go Deshaun Watson or would you go Sam Howell, who has been getting it done here recently up against the New York Giants defense? Anyone playing the Giants, I would love to start. So I definitely have to go Sam Howell there. All right. All right. Derek, let's send it to you, your quarterback to start here this week. I'm going to be a Brock Purdy apologist. Um, yeah, he was terrible last <laughs> week. He was, he was rough. Um, Mr. Pur Purdy did not look very good, um, but let's, put this in context. It was his worst game as a starting quarterback in his very young career. And it came against the league's stingiest defense on the road in windy conditions with a wet ball, losing Debo Samuel, losing Christian McCaffrey. I'm making as, as many excuses as humanly possible for a bad game from Brock Purdy. He still looked terrible. I get it. But everything we've seen prior to that, he has looked fantastic. I think it was just a bad game, bad situation etc etc I'm still a believer in Brock Purdy he is a top 10 play for me against the Minnesota Vikings which does have a secondary that can be exploited on the back end I think it's a big week for Brandon Ayuk have to keep an eye on the other 
you know, playmakers in that offense, but still think Brock Purdy uh, is the real deal. All right. I've got Brock Purdy at quarterback eight on the week. So I agree with you here. Would you go Brock Purdy or would you go Jordan Love up against the Denver Broncos defense? Brock Purdy. Ooh, I, for, I almost forgot that they're playing the Denver Broncos. What's wrong with me? Yeah, still Brock Purdy. All right. Would you go Brock Purdy or would you go Jared Goff up against the Baltimore Ravens? Goff has been so consistent. Um, I will go with Brock Purdy. I think the matchup is is a little bit more favorable. I think that Baltimore Ravens defense is, is still a very formidable unit. Yep, I will agree with you there. I've got Brock Purdy above Jared Goff in my Week 7 rankings. Uh, let's send it over to Sam for the quarterback sit of the week. Where are we going here? You know, it feels weird to say just because, again, there's so many teams on a bye, but especially in two quarterback formats, I am sitting Gardner Minshew. I do not like this matchup against the Browns. We talked about it a little bit earlier. They have been so stingy against the position all season long. I think there are much safer options. I'm actually in a two QB league where I have someone like Minshew as an option, and I'm going to be starting Sam Laporta in that OP spot instead, (laughs) and I don't feel bad about it at all. I think that that's a fine decision there. Uh, Cleveland Browns allowing just 11.2 fantasy points per game on average to the quarterback position so far this year. And going back to the Jared Goff conversation, Derek, the Baltimore Ravens, the stingiest opponent uh, for opposing quarterbacks with just 10.5 fantasy points allowed game Uh, quarterback sit of the week. Derek Tate, where are we going? I don't like saying this because we're, we're talking about a week where we got six teams on a bye and Tyson Badgett and PJ Walker and potentially Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer being starting options. But I really am concerned about Kirk Cousins. I'm going to fade Kirk Cousins first off the matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. Definitely not ideal in any week that you play that formidable unit. The, the, the issue that I have is that TJ Hawkinson is going to be going up against one of the, if not the best group of linebackers and safeties in the National Football League, which could limit his production. The Niners have been pretty darn good against opposing tight ends this season. So now you're going to have to try to get it done by going with a rookie in Jordan Addison and then KJ Osborne. And we don't believe, at least I don't think that Madison's going to be all that efficient on the ground. I just think it's going to be kind of tough for the Vikings to be able to move the ball consistently against the 49ers. And we saw in week six against the Bears who have, I'm not going to say they're the worst defense in the league, but they're certainly one that can give up big performances through the air. Just 21 completions, 181 yards, and one score to Jordan Addison. I, I, I just, this offense feels very fluid at the very, at the moment without Justin Jefferson. I, it didn't like what I saw in week seven and in a tough match or week six in a tough matchup in week seven. I'm going to stay away from Kirk Cousins this week. All right. So I've got Kirk Cousins at quarterback 15 on the week. So I agree with you. He's outside of the top 12 options. Like I'd be going Brock Purdy easily over Kirk Cousins this week. Jordan Love, Sam Howell, uh, even Jared Goff in that tough matchup. Would you go Kirk Cousins or Joshua Dobbs up against the Seattle Seahawks? Cousins. I, I I know I took a long time to think about that because it's just hard to sit here and, and say, yeah, I want to start Josh Dobbs. Right. <laughs> right. So I'll, I'll go with Cousins in that circumstance. In my weekly rankings, it's very close between him and, and, and Dobbs, though. All right, let's move into the tight end position here. Sam, I will send it back to you, your tight end that you were looking to get into starting lineups. Trying to get him in the starting lineups. If I'm in a very deep league, I'm going to preface it by saying that. But I like Michael Mayer against the Bears this week a lot. Might feel a bit too soon because he just had a really big game. But again, with so many teams on a bye, you're looking for 
a lot of sparks across the board here. And the Bears have allowed a very friendly, have been very friendly to the tight end position so far this season. So I love him for that. And especially if we're not going to be having Jimmy Garoppolo and you're going to get Brian Hoyer, Brian Hoyer under center or anyone else, the tight end position is going to be so friendly for him. So I can imagine him having a lot of catches this weekend and doing very well for you. Right. Needing to preface it, not within the top 12 of tight end rankings. Like you said, they're in deeper formats here. I am intrigued by Michael Mayer, though, someone that had the tape to indicate that he could be a very viable fantasy asset here in the NFL. I think that we're one week of like you pick him up on the waiver wire and you stash him. And if you're in a deeper league, yes, you can start him here, like Sam said, but hold on to him just one more week and let's see how he looks here in this matchup. I like the call. Uh, Derek, your tight end to start this week. You just talked about the Bears being friendly against opposing tight ends. There's a defense that's playing this week that is allowing an average of 13.7 fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends, and that's the Denver Broncos. And we're going with another rookie tight end. I'm going with Luke Musgrave, and I expect a bounce-back performance out of the bye week from the Green Bay Packers, from Jordan Love. Hopefully, they get Aaron Jones back involved, a little bit more play action. Uh, but we still even saw last week, even though the, the stat line wasn't great, Luke Musgrave is involved in this passing game. And as long as he's consistently involved with a plus-level matchup against the Denver Broncos, uh, against opposing tight ends, I feel like Musgrave is somebody that you can count on in a tricky week with six teams on a bye. Luke Musgrave within the top 12 tight ends on the week here for me. You look at uh, week four is where he only had one target, but that was the concussion where he did get, he er, left that game early on. Outside of that, the past two games for him, if we throw week four out, 15 targets over the past two games for Luke Musgrave, which is just unheard of for a rookie tight end. And we know that he has the talent level to make it count. So I agree with the call here. Let's move into tight end sits or fades of the week here. Sam, where are you going here? I'll be fading Tyler Higby in this matchup. I know we've talked no. a lot about my Steelers and how terrible he's been. I know, Tate, we love Tyler Higby. We do. But leaving that in a bubble, in a vacuum on its own, he hasn't been as efficient this season as we would both like him to be. We just want the best for him, but he's not doing it for us right now. He's hitting a team low in terms of targets per route run. Only 14%. His volume is at so, so low. And they're going to need him to block in this game. Because, again, you're going to be defending against my TJ Watt, and you've got a lot from this defensive front that you're going to need to use a big body like Higby in order to block. So I think he's going to be used a lot more in the blocking game, especially this weekend. And you shouldn't, you should be looking elsewhere to get your tight end. The past two weeks for Tyler Higby, tight end 30 fantasy finish and half PPR scoring and tight end 28, just six combined targets. He's not getting the volume here with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua dominating the target share. Derek, I'm not going to let you rebuttal uh, your <laughs> tight end to sit this week. Where are we going? I'm sad. I'm sad because I, I that's Tyler Higby. That's my you guy. Can you like, can text me how mad you are later. It's fine. I know. I will. I will. I'm sorry. Um, it's devastating to my case to quote Jim Carrey from Liar Liar when you're rattling off those numbers about my boy Tyler Higby, but you're right. Um, okay. So Cole Komet, same line of thinking. Tyson Badgett, under center. Nathan Peterman, don't trust it. Don't know. Um, and there certainly have been more production and you can even make a case that Cole Komet helped and was a main instrument in the two consecutive breakout performances from Justin Fields through the area. He looked great. Uh, and I like the way that Luke Getze was using him in the passing game, but you know, that completely changes, um, with, with Tyson Badgen or, or Nathan Peterman under center. So this week, even though Cole Komet's had a fantastic start 
to his 2023 season, I'm going to go ahead and error on the side of caution and stay away from potentially a rookie quarterback getting his first start. All right. Would you go Cole Komet or would you go Gerald Everett this week up against the Kansas City Chiefs in that high scoring matchup? Yeah, Gerald Everett. All right. Would you go Cole Komet or would you go David Njoku uh, up against the Indianapolis Colts? Well, that's where I'll draw the line. I, I, Cole Komet, you know, sure, he may have a rookie quarterback under center, but P.J. Walker doesn't excite me anymore. So right. I actually think the matchup against the Raiders intrigues me a little bit more for Cole Komet uh, if they can get in close and like a play action touchdown pass to Cole Komet. All right, that'll do it here for week seven starts and sits of the week. Sam, I want to thank you so much for taking some time in the very early hours of the morning here to jump on and talk some fantasy football here with us. What do you got going on this year that people need to know about and where can people find and follow you on social media? Thank you so much again, guys, for having me on. Always a pleasure to get to talk football with both of you, even if it's very early in the morning. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Samantha R. Holt or on Instagram at Sam underscore awesome. And you can find me over on fantasylife.com. I do a lot of the graphics over there and then check out the Fantasy Life podcast. I do the matchup show that airs on Fridays with Chris Allen and Pooter Doodle. And we have an amazing time breaking down matchups for you heading into the weekend. All right. Remember, if we did not get to a player here on your starting or on your fantasy roster that you have questions about getting into your starting lineup, you need to go over to the start set optimizer that we have here, pfnfantasy.com. Absolutely free to use. It's an incredible tool. You want to get over there and get your start set questions answered. All right. That'll do it for Samantha Holt and Derek Tate. I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.